I remember as a child, the first time I really got that the sun doesn't actually, you know, rise in the east and set in the west, that our planet is spinning, you know, completely on its axis every 24 hours, even as every year while we're doing that spinning, we're making our way on another circle around the sun. I know some of you are astronomy experts, and maybe you think that way all the time. For the rest of us, it can be like, whoa, that's a little trippy when I remember to kind of shift from how the universe kind of appears to us to how it actually is. I hope that's, that some of you have one or more experiences this morning of kind of experiencing that shift of your place in the universe. I can also remember the first time I really began to grasp a deep space and deep time, like we've been talking about already, that our solar system is on the edge of, a, you know, our spiral galaxy that's the Milky Way, our universe is on, our solar system is on the edge of that, of that galaxy, and that there's at least two trillion, not billion, trillion galaxies in the universe. That's just tremendous. Uh, and it's all part of this 13.8 billion year old so far universe story. can be mind-blowing if you stop to consider it. And I'd like to invite us to spend a few minutes reflecting on how that sort of cosmic perspective can shift our way of being in the world, of being with ourselves, relating to others. And I'd like to use one particular moment as a prime example of what I'm talking about. On December 24th, Christmas Eve of 1968, three astronauts, it was the crew of Apollo 8, became the first human beings to leave Earth's orbit. Their first three orbits were focused on the surface of the moon, but on their fourth, the following exchange, I, I don't think they remember they were being recorded at this point, but anyway, this was captured on the onboard voice recorder. Borman said, oh my God, look at that picture over there. Here's the Earth coming up. Wow, that's pretty. And he reaches for a camera. Anders, the second astronaut, says, hey, don't take that. It's not scheduled to take a picture. Borman, the first astronaut, laughing, says, turns to the third astronaut, ignoring Anders, says, uh, you got color film, Jim? Speaking to Jim Lovell. And Anders, this initial critic, now trying to get on the action, says, Jim, hand me that color roll, quick. And Lovell says, oh man, that's great. And then Anders uh, says, hurry, quick. And Lo Lovell says, take several of them. Now he's trying to get in the action. He says, here, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> And then Borman, the first man, says, calm down, Lovell, <laughs> proving that no one, whether on Earth or space, has ever calmed down from being told to calm down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and he was the one excited in the first place. Anyway, how human this moment uh, was and all its messiness. Uh, the good news is they did get it together to actually take a photo of uh, that unexpected moment, including the famous Earthrise photo that's on the cover of your order of service. Anders later reflected on why that moment caught, you'd think they would have been anticipating that, right? But here's why it caught them by surprise. He says, we'd spent all our time on Earth training how to study the moon, how to get to the moon. It was all very lunar oriented. And yet when I looked up and saw the Earth coming up over this very stark, very beat up lunar horizon, an Earth that was the only color we could see. 
a very fragile-looking earth, a very delicate-looking earth. I was immediately overcome by the thought, we have come all this way from the moon, and the most significant thing we're seeing is earth. Indeed, in a fascinating example of how what you think will be important is often different from what is actually important, if you look back at NASA's mission plans for the Apollo 8, um, photos of Earth were characterized as, quote, targets of opportunity and deemed lowest priority. But after seeing that first photo, the poet Archibald McLeish famously wrote that for the first time in all of time, humans have seen the Earth. Seen it not as continents or oceans from the distance of a hundred miles or two or three, but seen it from the depths of space. Seen it whole and round and beautiful and small. To see Earth as it truly is, small and blue and beautiful, in that eternal silence where it floats, is to see ourselves, and this is his famous line, as riders on the Earth together brothers and sisters on that bright loveliness in the eternal cold, sisters and brothers who know that they truly are siblings. We'll now hear a musical reflection to reflect on this further. <laughs> 